We're going to start in Genesis 22, so if you want to put your marker or something in Matthew 6, we'll be there in a few minutes. Uh, Genesis uh, chapter 2, 22, excuse me, Genesis 22. I'm going to try and finish right at 6 o'clock, or 7 o'clock. Well, I, yeah, boy, I'm already behind, yeah, I'm out of here. Uh, And the reason why is because we have more homeless bags um, and we were waiting on the John and Romans to come in. And we got those last weekend. So um, uh, it shouldn't take but a few minutes, but we got to get everything out of the out of the closet back here. So I'm going to try and stop about seven. We'll go get all that stuff, bring it out, stuff to John and Romans in the homeless bags, and, and then they'll be done. So uh, that shouldn't take but 10 or 15 minutes, and we should be done. So uh, anyway, so that's kind of the plan. Uh, so... Uh, Genesis chapter 22 here in just a minute. Um, last week, I, I made this statement about the Sermon on the Mount. I, I said that Jesus, is, uh, Jesus turns his attention uh, to something that I feel is misunderstood today. And we started a discussion uh, on, on, on worship. Uh, and I also said that... Um, I believe partially the reason why we misunderstand worship is because we live in an entertainment-based society today. Um, the billions upon billions of dollars it, that we as a country spend on entertainment is staggering. I mean, it is staggering how much money we spend to entertain ourselves. And that mentality has m- morphed itself into the church, and the church... Uh, many churches has, have felt like they have to accommodate that entertainment and have misunderstood, uh, ultimately they've misunderstood the word worship. So I spent some time this week, uh, as because I made that statement last week, and several of you last week came up to me and said, Pastor, I, I, I agree 100% with what you said. So I wanted to kind of take a step back a little bit, and I spent some time this week thinking about what is worship. Um, is it a, is it a feeling? Is it a is it a is, is it an is it an excitement? Um, what is worship? So to answer that question, what I did is I I went back to my Bible college days. And as I was praying and meditating on this, God brought something back to my memory, and that is something that I learned early in college, and that when most theologians are trying to define a Bible word, what they do is they, they use a theory or principle, probably a better word, a principle called the principle of first mention. You've been in college, right? You know what I'm talking about, okay? Um, so generally speaking, the first time a word is used in Scripture is God's intent for that word. Does that make sense? So when theologians are like struggling with the word, a word, they'll go back to the first time it's mentioned in Scripture to get an understanding of how God wants that word to be used. 
Make sense? So I got on my handy-dandy computer, and I typed in the word worship. The first time it's used in Scripture, I was surprised. Genesis chapter 22. I thought it would have been before that. Okay? But Genesis chapter 22, let's read. Verse 1. And it came to pass after these days that God did tempt Abraham and said unto uh, unto him, Abraham, and he said, Behold, here I am. And he said, Take now thy son, thy only son Isaac, whom thou lovest, and get thee into the land of Moriah and offer him there for a burnt offering upon one of the mountains which I will tell thee of. Now, I, okay, let, let's stop right here. The word worship is used the first time in Genesis chapter 22. What has happened before Genesis chapter 22? Creation. The flood. Exactly. Okay. Abraham's migration to the promised land and then into Egypt and back. Okay. Sodom and Gomorrah. And the fact that this is the first time the word worship is used to me was quite amazing. Exactly. Exactly. So much has happened in Genesis from Genesis one to Genesis chapter 21. So let's continue reading. Uh, And Abraham rose up early in the morning and saddled his ass and took uh, two of his young men with him and Isaac, his son, and claved the wood for the burnt offering and rose up and went unto the place of which God had told them. And on the third day, uh, Abraham lifted up his eyes and saw the place afar off. And Abraham said unto his young men, Abide ye here with the asses. And I and the lad will go yonder and what? Worship. That's the first time it's used in in the Bible. I, I was amazed. But what what is taking place here? Okay, God is God is testing Abraham to grow his faith. And he and he challenges Abraham to to what? Sacrifice his only son. And it's the first time in the Bible the word worship is used. And it is a picture. This whole event is a picture of what? The cross. Were you going to say something? Oh, it is. I didn't know that. <laughs> wow, that's that's interesting. That love and worship are, are in the same passage. Now, yeah, that that's really cool. So it caused me then to 
to look up the word worship, which is easy to do. I have I have multiple resources to confirm the Hebrew word worship. Does anybody have a clue what the word worship means? The 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 the, the, the dictionary, the Bible dictionary definition of the word worship. Okay, you're on the you're on the right track. Yeah, not really, but you're you're on the right track. Yeah. Okay. All right, Brian. They hold in high esteem. Okay. Okay. Yeah, you guys are like right there, Brian. Uh, uh, Brian. Rick. Yeah, she knows the answer because she looked it up, Rick. To bow down. Yes. Uh, I that I don't know. I I didn't I didn't I, I didn't dig that deep into it. But this particular word means to bow down or to go prostate. Prostrate. Pot, yeah, I always do that. That is so disgusting. <laughs> Those words are too close together, and they mean two totally different things. <laughs> huh? No. No, but it, it means to bow down in reverence, to, to go prostrate, okay? <clears throat> I hate that word. Because anyway, when I say it too fast, it comes out wrong. Um, I've had discussion with people over the years and uh, about worship and the way Grace Baptist Church does church and so on and so forth. And, you know, I get asked, well, why don't we have, you know, the, the bands and the, and, the, and the smoke and all the, you know, entertainment and all that stuff. And, 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 and when I try to explain it to them, they always, they always bring up one event in the Bible to justify their quote-unquote entertainment-based worship. Anybody know what that event is? Okay. <laughs> when David dances before the ark. Okay, they bring, up, they bring up one event in all of the Bible. You know how many times worship is used? Like a whole bunch of times. Okay. I, I didn't. I didn't. I didn't think. To, I didn't think to look it up. You guys in the back can look it up if you want to. But it, I, I'm sure it's probably hundreds of times the word worship appears in Scripture. Yeah, worship, worshiping, worship. You know the whole the whole shmeel. Uh, 102 times. But they always pull out one event and say, "This is why we do what we do." Now. Now, now let's talk about this in a very practical, theological way. They are building their entire doctrine of worship on a single event. Is that healthy theologically? No, it's not. 
but they're building their entire theology of, of worship about around, a, around an event that God does not call worship. If you go back and read it, David got excited and danced before the ark, which God said is not a problem, but worship did not happen until the sacrifices happened afterward. So, what is worship? Yeah, yeah, no. So, worship is not only adoration, but it's also Okay, absolutely. Um, we, saw, we saw that in the passage that we, we read last week where um, uh, Samuel went to King Saul and because Saul disobeyed God and said obedience is is better than sacrifice. So, yeah, oh, absolutely, absolutely. Anybody else? Submission, absolutely. You know, <clears throat> unfortunately what we have done in churches today is we have swallowed the lie that worship is singing and praise. That's not worship. Worship should be a part of our lives every single day. Rick, were you going to say something? You're going to speak up a little bit. Okay, what, what's the event? Right. Mm-hmm. Right. And and that event, Moses, because he saw God or the Lord face to face, what happened to Moses' face? Oh, that's a different. That's that's right. Yeah. Okay. But yeah, when he came down from the mountain, that's that's what I'm thinking of, right? Okay. He, they had he had to cover his head, his face, because it glowed, because he had seen God. Brian. I was just gonna say, you know, with Nebuchadnezzar too, they played that music and made him bow down and worship. Mm-hmm. And and those that didn't have to go in the furnace. Mm-hmm. Worship there too. Exactly. Right. Right. Exactly. So, Jesus now, in the Sermon on the Mount, turns his attention to what worship is. And, and, and worship encompasses more than the three things he addresses here. 
but he addresses three very important key elements in worship. And we started talking about this last week. Um, uh, uh, the, the title of the message, the continuing message, and it's going to go into next week too, I'm sure, um, is true worship. And Jesus is trying to communicate to them what true worship really is. It's not, a, it's not an emotional high. It's not this, this feeling of euphoria. It is, it is us bowing down ourselves to the God and giving him our all. That is what worship is. And that is exactly what happens in Genesis chapter 22. Abraham was willing to sacrifice, not murder, but sacrifice his son. And Isaac laid himself down on the altar. Now, if you, if you are familiar with Bible stories, if you grew up going to Sunday school and all that, uh, Isaac was not a young man. He was, yeah, more likely in his 30s, his late 20s at, at least, but probably in his 30s. He was a, he was a, he was a, a man. And he could have overpowered his, old, his, his dad very easily because Abraham was an old guy by now. Yeah. But, yeah, he's he, around 130 or so. Um, and so, so Isaac could have very easily overpowered his father. But he, he laid down his life because, and I believe this with all of my heart, Isaac and Abraham both knew that had Isaac died, God would have raised him, raised him from the dead. I, I think it does, yeah. <clears throat> so, Oh, absolutely. Yeah, there was no question. He didn't say, I will come again. Right, right. So, who does God want to, to, to worship him? Everyone. Okay? It says, every knee shall bow, and every tongue shall confess. Everyone will worship him. I said this last week. I want to get a head start on it. <laughs> So, no, point number one, we, we started last week, uh, alms. We started talking about the alms. Um, uh, uh, Matthew chapter 6, go ahead and turn over there. Matthew chapter 6. Um, verse 1, it says, Take heed that ye do not your alms before men to be seen of them. Otherwise, ye have no reward of your Father which is in heaven. Therefore, when thou uh, doest alms, thine alms, uh, do not sound the trumpet before thee as the uh, hypocrite, the, yeah, those people, the hypocrites, um, do uh, in the synagogue and in the streets that they uh, may have glory of men. Verily I say unto you, they have their reward. But when ye, uh, but when thou doest 
<clears throat> alms, let not thy left hand know what thy right hand doeth, uh, that thine alms may be in secret, and thy father which seeth in secret <clears throat> himself shall reward thee openly. Let's pray. Dear Lord, thank you uh, for this day. Thank you for your love. And Lord, we ask that you would just do a mighty work in our lives. For it's in Christ's name we pray. Amen. Okay, so point number one we talked, we started talking about last week is our alms. And uh, very quickly, I'm going to try and go through this just as a little bit of review here real quick. Uh, alms is a very interesting word because it includes uh, money, giving food, um, helping others, giving of ourselves, uh, so on and so forth. It, it is an all-encompassing word. Um, I made the mistake for many, many years thinking that this word was restricted to money. Um, and and it, is, it is far beyond that, far beyond that. Um, what is the one requirement for God to recognize our giving as worship, our, our giving our alms as worship? What is the one requirement? Okay, speak up. I, I heard a lot of rumbling, but nothing. Okay. There, that's the key word, secret. Okay, you finally got there. <laughs> okay, the one requirement that God has for us to, for, uh, for, it, for our giving, for lack of better terms, for our giving to count as worship is that we do it in secret. What is the what is what is the idea now when you're like me my left hand and my right hand don't always know what they're doing anyway but um, that's only because I'm I'm in my 60s but what what does that mean okay okay anybody else right okay Anybody else? You're not doing it because it's a culture. You're doing it by your own will. Okay. All right. All good answers. You're not doing it because you have to. You're doing it because you want. Okay. Part of your nature. Part of your nature. See, see, and that, and this is key here because <clears throat> I don't have to, unless I'm trying to juggle, which I still, I still can't do that. I don't know why. Um, but I don't have to literally, you know, if I'm going to pick something up, I don't have to tell my left hand, okay, you just sit still for a minute and, and reach down and pick up a screwdriver or whatever. You know what I'm saying? Or if I'm, you know, if I pick it up with my left hand, I don't have to say, okay, right hand, get ready, it's coming. You know what I'm saying? It, 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 is, it is a natural response that we just do. And and we shouldn't we shouldn't brag about it we shouldn't talk about it it should be done in secret. Um, uh, <clears throat> last week we read the passage and for time's sake we're not going to read it. Uh, but in Matthew chapter 12 uh, we read the story of the um, the, um, the event that took place in the synagogue. Yes. I, I personally think it's the same thing, you know, 
because if I'm doing it in secret, I'm doing it because it's something that I, I, I enjoy doing. Um, that, that's how I look at it. Now, whether or not, you know, but uh, I think the, the emphasis is that so many people do give financially, uh, give of their time, their talents, and all this stuff. They do it out of obligation, and it, the joy is not there. And they may do it in secret. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I have to. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, I, I think you're right. I, I think that that could be definitely be a part of it, too. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but anyway, in this passage in Mark, we talked about the event took place. Uh, in the synagogue, and the people were coming in and throwing their change into the into the uh, offering and making a big deal of it and big show. And then this poor widow woman comes in and casts in her uh, her two mites. Uh, Brandon, I think it was Brandon, uh, looked it up. And a mite. Anybody know how, what a mite is worth? I I used a penny because that's how the smallest denomination we have. But didn't you? Was it you? Yeah. How how much was it? An eighth of a penny, and 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 God, and and Christ tells his disciples what. This woman has given more than all these other people have given. See, see, our offerings to God have have nothing to do with the amount of money we give. But it has everything to do about the heart, in which we give. Super important. Super important. Um, he uses the word hypocrite here to describe these people. So <clears throat> let's talk about time for a minute. Uh, letter A under alms time. Uh, we started talking about this last week, uh, the, 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 the fact that time is valuable. Um, uh, Benjamin, Benjamin Franklin said this, uh, Dost thou uh, love life? Then do not squander time, for it is the stuff life is made of. And I also made, say, made this statement that companies spend billions of dollars a year on time management because time is so valuable. But I want to start talking about another aspect of time because that's kind of where we left off last week. I want to I talk about another aspect of time. And that is time is short. And because it's short, it's even more valuable. If you if you had prior knowledge of your your death, let's just say that God one day walked in, you know, showed up in your bedroom and and woke you up and said, "Hey, today is your last day on earth. How would you spend your day?" <laughs> okay, I'm rolling over. Uh, no, how would you spend your day? Would would you spend your day? Yeah, playing on Facebook and 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 you know how how would you spend your day? I I I I read a, a an excerpt excerpt out of a book written by a guy who was dying. 
he, he was diagnosed with some kind of rare cancer and he knew the doctors gave him, you know, like six months to live or whatever. Anyway, in this six months uh, of his life, he wrote a book. And he was a powerful executive. I forget the company he worked for, but he, was, he worked for a big, big company. And obviously, he, he resigned his position at the company. What do you think he did for the next few months before he got so sick he couldn't function? He spent time with his family. That is all he did. He, he did everything he could to make sure that the, the, the broken relationships in his family because of climbing the corporate ladder... He tried his best to mend all those relationships. And then once his family was taken care of, then he went to friends and he started re trying to reestablish relationship. See, what, what am I what's my point? The point was he was he wasn't playing the stock market trying to make a few more bucks. I mean, he knew he was dying. And he spent the remainder of his life building relationships. Time is short. Time is short. David, I read this passage last week, Psalm chapter 39, verse 5. It says, Behold, um, thou hast made my days uh, uh, as a, a handbreadth, and mine age is nothing before thee. Verily, every man at his best state is altogether vanity. And, and the hand breath, if you remember from last week, this, this, this right here is the hand breath. And it's roughly three, three and a half inches. That is what David is, is saying here in Psalms. That is, that is, you can take eternity and your life is about three, three and a half inches of eternity. Time is short. None of us are promised tomorrow. There is no question that we are living in the last day. Second Peter chapter 3, verses 3 and 4. Knowing this, first, that there shall come in the last day scoffers walking after their own lust and saying, where is the promise of his coming? From sen- uh, for, for sense... Uh, the fathers fell asleep. All things continue as they were before the beginning of the creation. Scoffer, I looked up the word scoffer. This is what it means. People that deny the truth of Scripture. And, but it doesn't stop there. And entice others to go the wrong direction. Second Timothy chapter three verses one through five, I see our world today in these in this passage. This know also that in the last days perilous times shall come, for men shall be lovers of their own selves, covetous, boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy, without natural affection. Truce, truce breakers, false accusers, incontinent, fierce, despisers of their own, uh, of those that are good, traitors, heady-minded, high-minded, lovers of pleasure more than lovers of God, 
having a form of godliness, but denying the power thereof. From such, turn away. If that doesn't describe our world today, I don't know what does. I always, whenever I read this passage, I always stop at the word incontinent. What, what, in the context of what is going on now? Now, most of us adults understand what incontinency is, but what does it mean here? People that are out of control. Just out of control. Boy, doesn't that sound familiar? Time is valuable and it's short. How do you spend your time with God? How do you spend your time for God? Time is so important. Let's talk about talents here for just a minute and then we'll be done for tonight. Uh, uh, Talents. Uh, Ephesians chapter 2 and verse 10. For we are His workmanship created in Christ Jesus unto good works, which God hath before ordained that we should walk in them. Question, what is a... a, I, I use the word time... And the, the word talent, and I use I mainly use the word talent because it, it alliterates with treasures, the next point three. Um, so I try to alliterate. But what's another word for talents? Gifts. Okay. God not only gives us spiritual gifts, but he gives us physical gifts or talents. Okay? Um, these are different than, they're similar, but they're different from spiritual gifts. Talents are, talents, things that I can do physically are, are, are they're, they're have, they do have some similarities, but they have some differences too. They both are gifts from God. Okay? Both grow in effectiveness with use. You know, I, I, I'm a, I, I, love, I love doing carpentry work and particularly cabinets and different things. And one of the things that I have found frustrating because I don't, I don't do cabinets and, and that, fine, that fine woodworking that often. I, I don't do it every day. Uh, I have to. I find myself having to stop and think about, okay, how do I do this? You know, but Brian, you know, he he's an electrician. Do you do you have to stop and think about it? No, you just do it. You know, it, it's it's second nature to you. But what happens if you don't use it? You have to stop and think. Okay, wait a minute. Okay, black wire, white wire, <laughs> not good. <laughs> Poof! <laughs> you know, um, yeah. I heard you did the work down at the oh, restaurant. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> did they pay you? <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, but but 
but this, our spiritual our spiritual gifts are the same way. If if we do not use our spiritual gifts, they're not effective. They both are intended to be used on behalf of others and not for selfish purposes. One of the hardest things that I I find one of the hardest things that I find is charging people for work that I do for them. You know, because I, I do make a little bit of money here and there, not, not a lot. But one of the things I, I have trouble, I have trouble charging people for my time. Why? Because I'm always wanting to help people. But I have to. I have a wife that's constantly reminding me that I, I. Well, I shouldn't say it like that. But she, she, she. You know, she, she, she has to remind me. You know, look. You, you know, they, they're, they're expecting to pay you. Okay. It's like, well, okay. You know. Um. But see, God gives us those things for a reason. That's one of the reasons why when I was a missionary. I, I traveling around the world building houses and churches for missionary. I was in I, I was in my seventh heaven because I was using spiritual gifts and my physical gifts for for the same reason. It was awesome. First Corinthians chapter twelve verse seven. But the manifestation of the Spirit is given to every man to profit with all. The word with all literally means all. Why 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 are we given these these gifts to profit people? Not to not to hoard, but to give. <clears throat> Let me see here. Uh, I better I probably ought to stop here um, for time's sake. And then we'll we'll do we'll do our homeless bag. So let's pray. Dear Lord, thank you for this day. <clears throat> thank you for this time. Although we ask that you would uh, just speak to our hearts, that you would encourage us, and that you would help us, dear God, to be more like you. For it's in Christ's name we pray. Amen.